I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost for Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined tonight by Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. Good to have you back on after a... Uh, has it been a couple of weeks absence now? It's definitely been one, hasn't it? Maybe just one. I think it was just one. I think it was just last week. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Time got the better of me, no, or not, as the case may be. I don't know, <laughs> depending on who's listening. Yeah, who depends yeah. on where you look at it, doesn't it? But uh, the real world gets in the way sometimes. But we're back. Um, we are minus Bradley Todd. This is the thing when you have three people. Uh, when someone can't make it, there's always two of you, and it's always nice. So um, we will have Brad's picks, just like we had yours last week, Jason. Um, but just a little bit of a recap on last week before we move on to the Singapore Classic and the Phoenix Open. Razal Kaima. We didn't. Well, I certainly didn't get the information beforehand, and certainly other people on Twitter, about the slight course changes that made it a bit more difficult at the start of the week. Yeah, there we are. We all thought we'd just bosh it, and it turned out not to be. Um, there we are. That's his life. It is. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, you, you want that kind of information, and actually there was a, yeah. a real breakdown of the golf course for the Singapore Classic this week, which was... Uh, hole by hole even uh, which was interesting enough but um, yeah you know you think you you know an event and they change it up and ultimately I yeah. think still some of the players you know obviously Ollison came within a couple of putts of making the playoff which is what it is he, he missed two by one inch but then got one by 50 and 60 feet so you know it's it all kind of balanced out um, Nikolai Hoygaard was terrible at putting and then just terrible oh. at golf in general Um oh in the end but otherwise that was that was kind of my runners how did you uh, how did you fare in the end well overall i mean i was quite quite big on uh, victor perez yeah you know he never really turned up and still managed to finish top 15 yeah um which thankfully got the 365 again six to five on each of two uh 23rd and better or outside 23rd i couldn't see it um and he quite easily made it without having to do anything. Yeah. Um, and Gurrier would have been nice to land a nine to one top ten. Bogeyed the last two to go down to thirteenth, uh, oh, whatever it was, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Land, landed the top twenty, but overall it was an event really. Um, I'd still go back in on Perez at that price next year in exactly the same field. Yeah. Um, uh, and it was yeah, it was just it was one of them. But it was another event where the winner um, sadly wins with a. Worse than bogey, actually, double bogey. Yeah. Uh, I, I, as you know, can't stand people that win tournaments with a bogey or double bogey. Um, but there we are, you know. It, Fair w- enough. It, it was funny when they said that you made a clutch putt to win. Yeah. <laughs> What's that after putting it in the water twice? That was clutch, was it? Uh, cl- clutch would have been par in it, wouldn't it? But... You know, what can you do? It's 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 the way it goes. I, I like I said, I've always said it a hundred times. I don't like I don't like it when that happens. But then, if I suppose, if you played well enough to be able to do that and still win, yeah, I mean, look, he he deserved yeah. to win it, didn't he? The way he putted in general uh, meant that he deserved to win it, and and he was playing well up until yeah, yeah. he didn't. You know what I mean? So it was it for the front line was electric. And, he had a yeah under par. And, um... I mean, yeah, yeah. The other thing you could say is his last two best tournaments uh, in a like a heap of absolute crap. Yeah, has been six at the Dunhill Links, fourteenth uh, in Scandinavia. So 
it, it was there. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to take a chance and you went with the the sort, we, we go with the links thing when we're over there now, anyway, don't we? Yeah. Um, whether it's uh, Yaz links or whether it's uh, Raz, um, you know, if you wanted a big price, it was it was there. Um, but yeah, you know, well done, and and you know, not well done, like you say, the class. You know, Rasmus was there and didn't do anything at the end. Um, was there, wasn't he? Olison Morant was there. Yeah, I thought. I thought once they made it, once it, it was confirmed that it was a lot tighter, I thought that was the sort of that was going to cause problems for Morant and and uh, um, uh, Nikolai. Yeah, I didn't expect Rasmus to go away. Um, there we are. He he That's was he was really poor on Sunday, actually, considering what we know about Rasmus. But when you actually look at the leaderboard, I mean, Gavin's and Bjork are what they are. Xander Lombard. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, is, yeah. yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the actual leader will play that as we as we kind of talked about. I mean, um, Fisher was there from last year. Pavon was there from last year. Fox was up there. It just oh. it just played out weirdly in the final round. But um, you know that is DP World Tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you've got people like um, Heli Kilda who must yeah. have afterthoughts this week as well. You know, showing up again. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like you say, it is it is DP World Tour. Um, uh, the class elements, I don't think, particularly shone this week. But no, I yeah, I agree. I, I think I think with the the most interesting dynamic was the fact that Bjork obviously rattled his birdie past because he thought he had to make a birdie to even have a chance to get in the playoff. Missed the par coming back, so he left it. Something I think six he, or seven past. Um, and he's yeah. He's not going to know that a double bogey would have uh, would have come for Gavin's and he would have tied for the playoffs. So it's it's no, like, it's mentality, isn't it? Like you, if you if you saw him going for a pie, you'd be screwed in what what are you doing? Um, so he had to go for it. Uh, but you know, ultimately in the end, he's probably a bit sick that he's missed out by one. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. I, I wonder what they do think. Well, well hopefully, um, as we go on to the the event, we'll uh, we'll try and work it out. But anything more on on that? Nah, not really. Not on Raz, no. No, I don't think so. Pebble. No, um, my, that's my takeaway. My takeaway is run that again. I'll back Perez again. Yeah, and to be honest, I don't think I'll be much different on, although the course was tighter and that, I don't think I'll be that much different on it. I still think you can give it a bit of a bomb and get away with it, uh, just not as easily. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? It was John Rahm was interviewed over the weekend, wasn't he, I think? Yeah. Um, and he said he's, he's, you know, I don't know exact words, but he wasn't happy the way that he's really going on length now. And he was saying, you know, what they're doing, they can make it. And he's literally pointing to rough being six foot high. He said, it's, it's irrelevant. He said, that's not stopping it. It's just making it worse. And and I think, to be honest, it was probably Ben who said it a couple of years ago. You know, the longer it is and the higher the rough, the more you need distance. They're, they, they're thinking that's the way to stop it. And it's not. Well, that, because that's, that was you have classic. to hit it three, 340, don't you? So yeah. you have any chance of reaching the green. It doesn't. You, there's no point in being 280 and having 240 to the to the pin um, on a long par four from the fairway. You may as well hit it 350, 360, and at least only have you know an eight iron to get to the green. So he was saying it's not the way, as we've all agreed, I think, for a number of years. You know, yeah. you just got to be clever. You just got to be clever with um, topography or, or bunkering or you know, just narrow the fairways, plant trees, you know, bushes. That's how you got to do it. Um, so you force people to lay up, not not just say, "Well, do you know what? Just smack the bloody thing and find it." Well, that, that was that was proved by Bryson, wasn't it, a couple of years ago when they thought they could just mm. make the mm. US Open really tough, and he just blasted his way through it. Um, yeah, you yeah. know, everyone's being proved right, and 
hopefully this kind of gives golf course designers a bit of a kick to so maybe be a bit more inventive again but um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh, nah, not accuse them all of lazy and i don't know i don't know how easy or hard <laughs> it is so um you know sometimes you can only deal with the land you've got pebble i didn't watch any of it i'm not gonna lie to you i did not see a single shot of it i couldn't be bothered with the stop start i didn't have anyone really in contention that maybe like forced me to watch it um nick taylor was top 20 and then there was the, the rest of them were kind of gone by the time the the, the final round was announced it was going to be monday so i gave up on that but i think you feel pretty strongly that it was a bit unfair to take people off the course knowing that uh you know monday finish and, and things like that i think if they've agreed to have four days the third round gets completely wrecked by weather hmm. knowing that i mean it's slow rounds as well obviously right knowing that some of the field has played 13, 14 holes and some of the field has only played four or five, I think they could have just taken them off and said, forget the third round, we'll go again. Um, third round Sunday, fourth round Monday. Um, I'm not a golf organiser, don't shoot me. I don't know anything <laughs> about it. I just feel if you had two days, why not do that and, and make make? I just thought, yeah, I'm, I'm, am I talking from my pocket? Potentially. You know, obviously I was tracking Seamus Power. I was busy, but I was tracking Power on the um, on the track. I won't say what firm. We'll get in trouble. Um, so I was tracking him, and uh, he, he was playing perfectly well, not holding anything. <coughs> Got to ten under, played really well by the time of the turn, um, and then the wind came, and he dropped four in three holes, and they called him off. And so you've got the relatively relatively simple front nine with chances. Um, being offered to other people, he's already four behind the, the, the play. They now got easier chances. He's going to be six, seven behind. I, I just think it wasn't. You take into account the wind, but they didn't play in the wind. You know, they stopped the they stopped the tournament. Yeah. Um. And, and I just felt as though that was wrong. Having said that, I will just say for comments for the future, that Thomas Dietrich was brilliant. Honestly, <laughs> nobody cared because he was at the tournament, but I happened to be following him just because he was playing with with Seamus Power. And he was brilliant. His ball striking was incredible. So I'm keeping my eye on him for a suitable bet. Uh, it won't be this week, but it, I'll be keeping my eye on him. Um, yeah. he's, he's seen the ball beautiful. I think he's taken really well to life on the PJ Tour. Uh, pretty, pretty steady. I know he's not had the kind of breakout performances maybe that he's wanted, but I think that comes. And, you know, we, we know his issues with winning. But, you know, ultimately, I think he's proving that he belongs at the higher level. And he's just. You know, going to keep that going, but I, I agree to an extent on the on the pebble thing. I think I guess the reason they didn't play a full day Monday is they want like, there's probably going to be some player pushback for the people that are travelling to the Phoenix Open for the elevated event, I guess. But you know, if you'd asked them, do you want to have a chance of winning the golf tournament or do you want it to be written off? Then yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's tough, isn't it? We we don't organise golf tournaments. We don't know really intricacies of it. We're, we're not in California, which is eight hours behind us, but. There, there was. It just seemed like there was only really two people that it really like affected today, wasn't it? It's was like Brendan Todd and Justin Rose, and that was it. Um, yeah, bit of a weird tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I think it's a shame. I think it's, uh, you know, obviously we get this elevation and the, the live threat and all that, but I, I, I do think it's, it's killing. It's going to kill them. Maybe they don't care. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. I think it's a big shame. Yeah, I agree. Let's go on to this week's golf. Just, uh, sorry, just go to me. show what money makes. You just look at this week's field. Yeah, oh, exactly. There, there, there's no, <laughs> there's no qualms about it, is there? I mean, 
the players are here for a reason. That it's not hidden. They don't all just love playing the Phoenix Open all of a sudden, do they? So um, it is what it is. But we'll get off our high horses now. We'll go into the Singapore Classic. Interestingly enough, another note on this: I saw that the Asian Tour uh, chairman or whatever it is that you call him, uh, organizer, basically said that the DP World Tour didn't ask or even mentioned to the to the Asian Tour that they were playing these two events in Singapore and I think Malaysia next week. Whereas normally they used to exchange saying like, oh, we're going to play here this week, can you co-sanction it or whatever. Uh, because of Asian Tour's affiliation with Live, they just went ahead and organised the event and didn't even tell the Asian Tour until they found out like everybody else did, which uh, is, is funny. It's the dynamics that we're in right now, I guess. Oh, didn't know that. No, I read that earlier. Yeah. Which, which I'd yeah. watch. I'd, if I was them, I'd be watching their food tonight. Yeah, <laughs> you know, look. At the end of the day, like the Asian tour have kind of picked their side, haven't they, and, and gone with it. And if if that works for them, then so be it. Um, but it, that does seem a bit petty, maybe from the DP World Tour side. But again, off the high horse to the golf event. Uh, Ryan Fox is the favourite of fourteen to one. Robert McIntyre sixteen to one. Jordan Smith twenty to one. Adrian Arnaus twenty two to one. Alexander Bjork and Adrian Atehi, 28 to 1. Uh, I have got two selections from the top. Me, you, and Brad all agree uh, on our favourite bet of the week in this event. So we might as well all just go into Adrian Atehi. Uh, Brad obviously can't speak because uh, he is not here, but I will lead us off. And then anything I haven't said about Atehi, uh, Jace, you can add in. Um, ultimately, I think he's just been bubbling under the surface. Yeah, he had that. Really impressive win at Valderrama. Then he had a chance to win in South Africa. Didn't. But he's bound to take another step forward again in this lower grade. We know he's arguably the most accurate driver in the field. Uh, the length doesn't tend to hold him back that often. He was second behind Alexander Bjork in the China Open, which I like for an Asian form perspective. I just think they say that the back nine is basically the longest nine of, or one of the longest nines on the DP World Tour. But everything you read hole by hole suggests that it's like you've got to place it strategically down certain sides of the fairway there's water to avoid there's hazards to avoid etc uh, i think that just all plays into a take his hands if it plays as hard as it did in the asian tour where only two players were under par i think that suits a take as well although he obviously won really impressively in valderrama under par um i think i think it's a perfect event for him and i imagine you feel the same uh, yeah absolutely he was the very first one that came on the list on Saturday or when it was I ticked you and thank god the change of venue doesn't really affect my opinion <laughs> uh, or the change of me believing what the venue was <laughs> um, yeah I mean you mentioned the distance it may be an issue but um, they played one event here uh, on the Asian tour and first and second 45th and 28th off the tee yeah. so um, I'm not particularly worried as long as you're you know, there or thereabouts I think it's fine like you say it was the first in driving actually over six months fourth over three months his 30th in driving actually at uh, Raz is the first time he's been outside the top 11 in in his last 12 starts, I think. Uh, Green's in reg, 13th, 25th, 7th over the last few weeks, 5th in Mallorca, 3rd in France, which is obviously quite difficult. Um, yeah, it's not going to be anything like that, I don't think. It's going to be more of a grind, isn't it, than than a sort of technically difficult yeah. course, I think. Uh, Scrambling-wise, he's not been outside the top 14 in 11 that's top 20 in his last 12 um his third scrambling over three months according to the tour tips um yeah what do you want you know 16th in dubai world cup uh, sorry the world world tour championship uh um it's difficult to uh 
In the past, we've been second to uh, your man, who you're going to talk about, yep. Alexander Bjork in China, which we think might be relevant. Um, he beat Jordan Smith there. Um, he had B.A. Guard behind. He had uh, somebody I can't read. Uh, should have won the uh, Scandi Mixed. Um, oh, yeah, I seem to remember that. I don't know what happened there. I think he missed a three or four footer, didn't he? To get into the playoffs, something like that. European Open top five. That's a that's, that works. That's a really long, long event. Um, yeah, what what's not to like? You know, I, I I don't get how you can leave him out. To be honest with you, and no. I think he deserves to be a bit closer to some of the others up front. Yeah, I so, think uh, I think he is yeah. with those guys at the top in terms of quality. He's certainly above most of the field. Uh, could have had a couple more wins to his name, like you already said. Yeah, I think I think that Porsche European Open thing was he was he top five there? I'm just trying to find yeah, where that he was. was. Five, um, That's the arrow, so yeah. But yes, he was 2017. That was before the green to change to green eagle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Or was yeah, it, it was the still... first year? Maybe it was the first year. I'm not sure. But that basically that that course, that green eagle course, was the one that no, it was. It was the first year of the green eagle course, and that is the the course that. Ben Coley and Paul Williams have both kind of flagged up as a potential correlation, uh, which makes sense given the the length of it. But Jordan Smith won that and Otegi was fifth. So you're right. That that kind of absolutely nails that on. I felt good about him before. I feel better now that you've made that comment and we've confirmed that was 2017. And uh, yeah, I'll go straight into Alexander Bjork, who whether the, the final round, the, the final whole bogey is going to put him off or not, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, well, we'll soon find out. He can either give himself a pat on the back that he gave it a go in contention and didn't take the easy way out. You could look at it a couple of different ways. But ultimately, he's a winner in China, second in Hong Kong, 28th, 16th, and second his last three starts. He's now dropping down in class. Likes his part of the world. Likes his sort of test as well. I think he's got that grinding mentality as well, like Ategi. Probably a little bit of a light version of uh, Ategi. I think Ategi's potentially a better player uh, at the moment. But still time to, to figure that out. He's just he's, he's just been so solid. He's made six cuts in a row. He's missed one in the last 10, 12 events. He's been really, really solid. And like I say, part of the world he likes. Plays well at China. Whether China is that relevant when it's not as close as, say, Thailand or Malaysia or anything like that. But a lot of these people haven't played in those parts of the world, so you've got to go by where they have. And China's fine for me. He's played well at that HSBC Champions for a little bit as well in China. Yeah, I like everything about Alexander Bjork for pretty much the same reasons that I like Ategi. Does a similar sort of thing as well. Um, and yeah. it makes sense they finish 1-2 in an event. Do you know what? absolutely agree. They're so similar. Hmm. Moderate hitters, but with fantastic greens and reg. Um, I, I've actually dumped Bjork and purely because Ategi in places is a better price. Yeah. And I just think, like you, Ategi is a better player. And Bjork's price is, is based on that second last week. Yeah. Whereas Ategi is, is, is should be based on... Long-term um, form. More, yeah, more of a long-term form effort. But I can't knock it. Like you say, one China, second in Hong Kong. Um, I, when I was looking at the other the other event, um, <laughs> Wentworth pretty, came up. Yeah, Wentworth he was pretty better. And interestingly, both Ategi and Bjork have that. Now, that's maybe absolutely nothing to do with this track now. Yeah. Um, but it is of interest, but I, I found myself that I thought I can't back them both. I just can't. Um, and Otegi, when he when he wins, is quite impressive. Um, so that, that's why I went with him. But yeah, it, it was very close. And 
had maybe Bjork been 30-33, then I probably would have been on him as well. I just I just felt I'd take got the nod. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think if you put them right up against one another, it's, it's you know, is a four-time winner and Bjork is, is he just a one win, I think, on tour? Um, and certainly has his kind of struggles with it, doesn't he? And But I just, I just a bit like last week, I, I put up Nikolai Hoygaard and uh, Olison. I don't normally do this yeah. with the top of the market, but I just think at the moment, it just seems to be these players are coming to the fore, as they should. Uh, and I just did them both at 25 to 1 the eight places on Bet365 rather than, than splitting the two. Um, so yeah, I've gone with that. Brad is in agreement with the Tagi, so that's that's three for three in terms it's of the Tagi. Scary that one, and it? it never it works, is. does it? Never, never does work out. I don't think I can't remember the last time it did for us. Um, I'm going to go into Johannes Veerman, who I was on last week, and I don't really see any reason why not to be on him again this week. He played well enough. I think he was 19th. Started his pro career out in Asia, or the best of his stuff in his early career came in Asia. Fourth and 12th in Malaysia. Second in Indonesia. He's been 8th and 19th for the last two weeks. I think he's going to be, when it's all said and done in that kind of class with Bjork and Otegi and Arnaus and people like that, and he's priced just slightly bigger than those after the two impressive weeks. The fact that he's just got all that experience in Asia early in his career helps me, I think. You know, I like these well-travelled players. I mean, we'll come on and talk about people like um, John Catlin and things like that later on. Uh, we'll probably give him a mention of some description. But he's he's got that, which you don't really think about. And, you know, he's had a couple of seconds in like Thailand and places like that as well. Queen's Cup, Yanda Tournament Players Championship. Indonesia, like I said, Bunchu Rugging Championship. There's loads. Like he's won on the Asian Development Tour. So I just think all those kind of things that he's done, Macau Open, all that kind of area, uh, really leads me to believe that he can do well in this part of the world. And when you look at his Czech Masters win, he beat Gavin Green, who, if you think about yeah, this part of the world, Czech. that helps. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think yeah, the Czechs, the Czech, yeah, the Czech is is is, is another one, isn't? It? Yeah, mm. long, you know, yeah. yeah. So I liked Veerman. Again, it's that's me going Bjork, Otegian, and Veerman out of what, three of the top one, two, three, four, five, nine. But I think sometimes events call for that, and, and I'm going that way. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No. Uh, Brad has gone for Kyridek Afibamra in this spot. I think that is, I mean, just speaking for Brad, I think that would just be based on his clear Asian tour uh, pedigree, plays well in this part of the world, has shown some life in recent weeks. Did consider him, but I thought he was this price on um, maybe name value as opposed to current potential form, and I, that's the way I looked at it. But I think he's, I think he's a great player, and, and certainly will probably feature at some point. Uh, for you, Jace, we're coming down to the kind of fifty to one range, six to one range with Matthew Pavon. Oh no, no, we haven't. No, Matt Jordan is there, forty to one. Sorry, I thought he was a bit longer. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Now Matt Jordan is a pain in the ass, isn't he? Quite <laughs> frankly, um, well, he is. I, you know, I think he's he's, and, and most people I think would agree that he's as talented as anybody on the on the track. Hmm. He just <coughs> hasn't done it, um, and he's a bit like to me. He's a bit like Callum Shinkwin before before he started winning. He's just very, very frustrating. But, but the, the the one thing I took from him is not only has he tempting greens in regular in the last three months, he's also got the length as well. But the likes of Otegi and um, York, for example, don't have. Yeah. So taking a slightly different type of player, but still 
but still someone who finds greens in regulation, but in a different way. Um, but he's technically in his legs after three months. 23rd in scrambling. His putting, his three starts this year, Abu, um, Dubai and Raz, have all got plus figures. Hmm. And I'm taking that as a really positive sign for Matt Jordan, because um, we all know where his issues are. Um, he can get it on the green. We saw what happened when he led in Qatar last year, 2022. Didn't really care because we had Ewan Ferguson anyway hmm. winning it as, as one of the ones to follow. But he's talented enough to do that. He's, he's good enough to be there in, in proper tournaments. Um, I like his uh, fourth in Denmark. Um, that's a difficult track. <coughs> Longish, difficult. Uh, perhaps again should have done a little bit better after 62 third round. Finished with a 70. Still finished top five. Um, he's also got a top five there on the challenge tour as well. And he's got a ninth in Foshan if you want to take a bit of Asian Asian form with you. Yeah. Um, but that was the main key with him. The key was I think he's good enough. I think he's as equally talented Tita Green as anybody on the track. We know the difference. You saw it last week with Nikolai Hogard, like you say, where he just could putt a damn thing. Um, and I just think I just think those little sort of pluses. I mean, it's half a stroke at Abu, three quarters at uh, Dubai, and three point two nine strokes at Raz, which you know, is is pretty amazing for him. And that's still being round about 30th for T to green. And I think in this sort of this sort of track where if rumour is right, the score is going to be extremely low. Um, I don't think it's going to be two under. It can't be. Um, but certainly you would think it might be around single figures, maybe 10 under. I think it's bang on. I think if he keeps hitting T to green, he isn't going to have to make as many birdie putts as, as perhaps... You know, you have to week by week. Um, and if that's improving, I, I, yeah, I think there's a massive chance for him to, to go on and do something special. Certainly, I'm happy to, to try and back him top seven, top eight. I yeah. think it's a cracking bit. I think. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think on the surface of it, look, he's six or seven of the last cuts, isn't he? Uh, the only missed cut coming in the Australian PJ Championship. Um, he's gone 34th, 20th, 19th his last three events, so his form is trending. He's now coming into... I suppose not lower grade than last week, similar to last week, I guess, um, but certainly lower grade than what he was in with the Rolex Series events. Yeah, I like, I like Matthew Jordan. I just he's just one of those ones I've kind of given up on. But I think I think sometimes that's uh, a problem, isn't it? You know, we, we do give up on these people a little bit early, and and you know sometimes you have to stick with them to to get the reward. I think, yeah, I think I think it's not the greatest price in the world. Don't be yeah. wrong. Um, I just, like I say, I, I think he's improving and, and um, it's about catching him, you know, as as he is doing that, I think, and as he's got confidence on the greens. I, I do, like I say, I, I do, I think exactly the same. He's the same as, he's the same as Shinkwin before he started with him and that's, that's the end. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, Matthew Pavon, you, I put him up, or well, I didn't put him up last week and luckily he didn't win. I mentioned that he was one that I thought at 100 to 1 was a big price given the previous course finish. Now coming to 66-1 after a good week, ball striking was back to what we know of Matthew Pavon and why we tend to back him. Why this event then for Pavon? Um, again, it's uh, like you say, it's not it's not direct in the area, but he's got that uh, second of Foshan behind yeah. uh, Marcus Armitage, who's quite fancy this week. Ryan Fox was fourth. That seems to fit very nicely. He's got second in Mauritius in 2018. That's behind some really big hitters. Um, he's got a tied fifth there as well. That's uh, got Dylan Fratelli and uh, Louis de Jager in the top five as well. Again, big hitters. Um, second in Spain last year, split 
John Rahm and um, well, writing is shocking. Do you know that? <laughs> whoever he whoever he split in Spain last year, I know Rahm absolutely gagged up, but you know, nevertheless, he beat the other 154 senseless. Over three months, he's seventh in total driving, he's 39th in greens in reg, which again you can upgrade because of the you know the people that are missing this week. Um, yeah, I, I've got. I liked what he did last week. It was fourth after the third round, as you were probably watching, being that you you know you quite liked him. Um, mm. I like it. I think he comes to a course that again will suit. Um, he's not as long as Jordan, but he's got, he's sort of got an all-round game that will just be there. I like. <coughs> I just think it's a course, like I say, that will finish minus eight, minus ten, maybe as the winner, maybe not even that. And I think when you've got somebody that's got consistency and no particular um, out, outstanding feature, if you like, yeah. they're going to be there at the end. Um, he's just not doing anything wrong. He's doing nothing wrong. We've, we've seen him before. We saw him at um, Spain play well, like I said. I think we saw him at Portugal last year, was it? Um, or a couple of years ago when he was really unlucky. He, he tends to... I don't think he has the best of luck, to be honest, when he's in contention. He doesn't, no. I, I, don't, I, don't, think I, I don't think he helps bad. himself I sometimes, but I don't think he's... I think when he's played his best stuff in contention, someone's just played better, um, mm. and sometimes he's let himself down. Like, and and you have to be in the mix that many times for it to even be the case anyway. I mean, the way he played in Spain and then lost, you know, you, that just can't be helped, can it? You, you're going up against the best in the world. So um, John Rahm shoots a, a 62 on Sunday. And you shoot a 65 and lose by six. There's not there's not much you can do about it. So I liked the fact he had that 11th place in in the Maybank Malaysian Open as well. Yeah. I, so many of the reasons I liked him for last week, I think carry over to this week. I don't think there's there's too much to to add really. I think he's just a, no. a classy player that's a still a decent pro. Yeah, I mean he had his best um, iron game uh, last week since he was second in Spain. Yeah. Um, and he's the problem with him is he's just you know he can do that one week and then blow out and then just yeah. there and come forth. But I just thought I've got look, I've got Bjork is, was on the thing, but he's I say he's not you've got a tag who isn't the longest and and you can get Jordan who is one of the longest. And I've got Pavon who's in the middle well, I think we'll just keep banging away at Greens in Reg. Um I just thought see, I thought after last week they, they've made that massive move with Bjork. And I know I know he would have been shorter than Pavon, obviously. Yeah. Um but they've made I think a bigger move with Bjork after last week's effort. Was I think Pavon's was equally as encouraging. So at 60 to 1 in, in a field like this, yeah, it'd do for me. Yeah, I like that. Um, Brad's also gone for Ross Fisher in this range at 50 to 1. I, he didn't win last week and didn't contend last week, so I'm, I'm grateful for that because that's about the only place I'm going to be putting up Ross Fisher at the moment. Um, but everything kind of translates. He loves this part of the world. Uh, Ross Fisher plays well in Asia historically. Uh, you know, the, the, again, like if it gets tough, that probably suits him. Like you said, when someone doesn't have a glaring weakness, that kind of stands out in these sort of events. We know he's a classy competitor, so uh, I do understand the reasons for Ross Fisher. He's been third in that WGC in China. He's been, you know, plenty of other decent finishes in this part of the world that, that won't even come up on the uh, on the OWGR because he's had millions of better results. But third in the Shenzhen International as well. He, he's He's been in contention in this part of the world many a time, third in the Singapore Masters, so even literally in Singapore he's played well. Um, yeah, so I can see why Brad likes Ross Fisher, and I'm sure uh, things on his Patreon stuff, there's there's more to read on that. We've got a good little selection of players here to talk about now. I'm going to go with Maximilian Kiefer, who 
I don't normally bet him. I, I got really excited about him in one event last year. I can't remember where it was, and he didn't do anything. Um, but he was first in driving, actually, over the last three months, according to Tour Tips. He's up there with the likes of Otegi, as we mentioned. He's been fifth and 11th in Malaysia in the past, which I like. I think his upside is pretty high. He's obviously won once. He's lost to John Catlin in the playoff. He's lost to Jacqueline in the playoff. So he could conceivably have three wins to his name, and that doesn't quite work like that. But 38th in the first two events in the Rolex Series, both of those events didn't play well because he missed the cut last week. I just think this is the type of event with that drive. I never consider him short, but to be as accurate as he is, is is great. So I really like Max Kiefer at 75 to 1 uh, with the extra each way places on Bet365. Anything to sort of add to Maximilian Kiefer? No, I had Kiefer and Schneider quite yeah. reasonably high up on my list. Um, I couldn't make my mind up between the two and eventually thought that... Preferred others. I thought Schneider, I thought Schneider actually, uh, you know, based on the European Open, um, you know, fifth and seventh at the European Open, Dodo, who I wish was playing this week. Yeah, I do. I'd be on. I really would be on. Um, you know, when he was fifth, um, Schneider um, was in, in the company of Samoa, Besseling, Perez, Mansell. I think that reads quite well for this sort of test. In the end, I said no, so... No, it was, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's definitely a couple of players in this kind of area where I've had to kind of make a decision on them. And and Kiefer, I just just went with, I just just think that that, the the driving actually kind of surprised me. I I didn't think he was as accurate as that, and he definitely is. I've left out Ashen Wu in this area, left out Gavin Green in this area. Um, John Catlin's been left out by all of us in the end um, on this. So, yeah, I think you think you just have to make a choice and... You've gone with Grant Forrest in this area. Yeah. And Xander yeah. Lombard, both the same sort of process. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's worrying, isn't it? <laughs> um, I've got Matt Jordan Maiden, um, Pavon Maiden. Um, okay, Forrest isn't, but, you know. Anyway, um, yeah, Grant Forrest. Yeah, um, second in the... Uh, where am I? Hold on, bear me a sec. Um, right, two of his uh, best five career efforts are both at the Hainan Open. Yep. Again, over that sort of side of the world. Uh, yeah, everything's a million miles away, isn't it? Um, but, you know, it's over that side of the world. You're second in 2017, where um, Eric Van Ruyen was it, and Tapio Paul Cannon is is up there as well. We know what they both do. I mean, Tapio's whole game is based on just bombing the ball. Um, and then in 2018, when he was second, he was behind Samoa, Crocker, Lemke, Arnaus, um, Perez for seventh in that. So that, that really caught the eye as really um, the first thing. And now I've clicked the wrong page. That's fine because Brad can do it efficiently. And when I'm on, you know, it's going to be uh, a bit like Lenardi, don't you? So that's fine. It doesn't matter. You've got different personalities, haven't you? Yeah, it's just got to mix it in, mate. You have indeed. Um, yeah, 10th at Abu Dhabi. I've no idea what he's going to do. 10th at Alpha Daniel Links. Uh, that's quite nice because that sort of uh, links into last week. Um, I've no idea. 23rd at the check. He was sitting much better at halfway, but obviously that was only a third, uh, a three-round attempt. Um, Himalandi at 60, 66 in the first round. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Huh. I just really caught my eye about the, the uh, Hainan China form um, and the fact that who he was based around. So, you know, obviously he won at Fairmont um, back in the day. I have no idea if that will count. And I don't think any of us do until we finish this this event. Uh, it was just something that I, I tried to look at for Asian form and who was on the leaderboards and then what price was he. And I thought, oh, do you know what? He's a winner. 
he's eight year one. We've seen last week that uh, previous winners can can be reasonably out of form and come and win when their conditions are suitable. And I think having had to, as you know, abandon my initial study of this tournament, <laughs> um, I thought Forrest, you know, he just appealed. Eight year one just looked wrong to me. When I think that that you know, there's people like. Um, John Catlin, who we really, really do like. But I've no idea what he's going to do whatsoever this week. Um, and you've got Valen Mackie, again, I'm not really sure about what he's doing. Um, Yannick Paul, I think, will win this year. But I don't think this is going to be it. I just thought that around that price, 75, 80 to 1, uh, Forrest, Forrest appealed. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he, you know. he, he stands out name value-wise in the sense that, of, like you say, around that area of the, of the betting thing you've got. Like Jane Scaver and people like that. There was Samoa as well. I know Brad don't interrupt you, but I don't give a shit. (laughs) Right? Uh, Samoa was a similar type. Very similar type. Uh, Winner that I think this will suit. But, yeah, I've got... Just based on last week, I think it was, and based on where he's he's performed, I've got a feeling we'll see something special from Forrest this week. No, I like that. And then on to Xander Lombard, who obviously fell away in the end, but was right in the mix at one point last week. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know why, but he's, he's stuck there. I mean, again, 20th in total driving over three-month period based on the seventh in driving distance. We know we know that he can play. He just can't bloody win, can he? No. I mean, Ben should know best. I think he's better about 15 times in the last year. And, and he just, he's a bit Gavin Green, isn't he? Xander yeah. Lombard, isn't he? Uh, he's that type of thing. And I don't blame anyone for backing Gavin Green this week either. Makes perfect sense. Look, he's absolutely fine. He can hit the ball from Tita Green, Xander Lombard can. Um, <coughs> we know that you know he's been you know in approaches last week he was top 20 Dubai 26th uh, Abu his irons are 14th we know he can hit the ball uh, he just can't do anything on the greens now, he's got some disgusting figures uh, stroke gains to putting in the last well in the last year I think it's something like minus 10 minus 2 minus 7 they're just everywhere aren't they hmm. um, what might he do here don't know I think he's similar to Bavon he played well in Raz, he played well in Spain. He's got that fifth at the Czech uh, event, which I quite like. He's got top 20 at Himaland again, which I quite like in terms of um, comparison. I think the European Open, Czech and Himaland would be the ones that I think would suit drivers. Yeah. Um, I am regretting not putting Helikilder in, but I just think he's too short this week. Um, I could see Lombard being there. It's by, by no means confident. It's, you know, it's nothing like an Atagi bet or anything like that. Um, I, I could, yeah, I can see him being there. That's it. No, like it. Uh, one in this range that I did think about is one that I kind of pointed to at the start of the season when he was coming back from military service was uh, Jung Hyun Wang, who made his return after military service in the International Series Singapore event, finished 22nd, and he went on that run of 22nd, 5th, 23rd, 3rd in the International Series events. Took a lot of promise from that. Didn't he started off well in the Australian PGA, fell away, missed the cut in the next one. Then he went missed cut 28th, missed cut in his first three events of the year, and just didn't see quite enough for him. But maybe this is just an event that's gonna be perfect for him, part of the world that he obviously loves. Um, having you know played well at the the Thailand Open, played in the Haiku Open, Singapore he's finished sixth, China Open he's finished seventh. He's got a second at Hero Indian Open, which I think if we were playing that regularly, he might have come up to come up in sort of um, comparisons as well, just for how hard it was uh, that event back in the day. So he'd be one Jung Hun Wang that I'd be 
a little bit disappointed with if, if he won and I didn't back. Uh, so maybe one to keep an eye on in terms of Betfair prices. Although I think that's probably gone now with, with Ben kind of mentioning him. But the one that I really love uh, in this kind of long shot range, and it is obviously dependent on how healthy he is, but Alexander Levy, 208 places, two-time winner of the China Open. He's also got a third there. Third at Thailand Masters, 14th at the WGC HSBC Champions, fourth and eighth at the Shenzhen International. Top 25 at the Ballantines, which I think was played here. I'm not sure if it's just a neighbouring course, but it was certainly on this property. And then he's got a second and a 13th on the golf course, uh, the Porsche European Open Green Eagle that we've, we've been talking about, and also won at the other course the year before, uh, before it moved on from there. So he, he's got perfect form in this part of the world perfect form in terms of correlation tracks if he's anywhere close to some of his best golf which we we have no evidence that he will be but if he can turn up and play well this week he is of the class of those that are in the 30 40 to 1 range at his very best he's a five time winner on the dp world tour maybe six um definitely had his opportunities to be a six time winner if not so i think levy is not a great you know great bet at 201 because there's obvious downsides to him but he did make the cut at the start of the year um, with a little bit of promise so for me uh, Levy certainly just someone that's worth price, uh, taking a chance on this price I think if he's you start being asked to take about 66 to 1 and 50 to 1 about him then you're hoping that he's in form and injury free but when he's 300 to 1 you've seen him make a cut uh, at Abu Dhabi to start the season obviously only finished 50th that week but he opened 68-68 and then finished 74-73 so for at least two rounds, he was right in the mix. I mean, those 68-68s must have put him um, pretty close up. If I bring up his current form, I'll tell you exactly where he was uh, through two rounds. He was in fourth place. So certainly encouraging uh, Levy, looking at tour tips and all the kind of correlated form. Um, I think he's a good price at 201. Uh, that's a very, very good pick. I like Levy, and you're quite right. He loves it. He loves it, China. He loves it around here. Yeah, it's not a bad pick. I mean... When you consider he's was he two hundred? Yeah. Well, he'll be, he's going to be big on Betfair, but he's he still is. fifty points bigger than the mighty Hao Tung Lee, who cannot hit. Uh, well, can't hit field with a golf ball, can he? No. I mean that's amazing. Ned Bank last year, Hao Tung Lee lost uh, eight shots off the tee, and Tita Green lost twelve point seven shots. Wow. Is Tita Green last four measured events? I mean they go back, so he's got to be tough, right? He's got to be injured. His last four Tita Greens is eight minus eight and a half, minus twelve and three quarters, minus seven and a half, and nearly minus six Tita Green. Uh, this is a man that beat Rory McIlroy. Hmm. Um, and, and won last season. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... You know, we're always talking about how suddenly... Uh, always, when it comes to this top part of the year, but, you know, oh my God, what the hell has gone wrong with him? Anyway, there we are. But think things just can. I just think that things can change very quickly, and we we know he's been off. He basically missed the whole of 2022. But even going back to 2021, he had a second place finish. It's not like he was, you know, completely gone at the game before that. He was playing fine until the injury kind of gave him too much. He's 450 to one currently on Betfair, Alexander Levy. So um, there's probably some, you know, some interest in backing him this week. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's some, there's some good players down here at the. You know, the rag end of the thing. To be honest with you, I'm not sure this is the track for for them. But um, yeah, it's a might. You know, a lot of the challenge tour stuff. People have come up, and this isn't the hardest of events. I just think maybe the move over to here and 
and and the fact they've made it a difficult trek, it might be a bit too much. Really. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably going to catch up with with certainly. I would say definitely the veterans that are down here, like you know, like the Morrisons and the Kildsons and Colsarts and people like that, that that you would sort of give a second glance to because they're a massive price. Mm. But David Horsey's etc. Probably just going to get uh, outdriven. But I mean. It wouldn't be a massive surprise to see them up there. I think once things get a little bit tougher, these these wily players uh, come to the fore a little bit, and uh, that, that's a little bit like why Levy, like, like Levy, I don't think he shies away from anything like this. And uh, yeah, I think just given given that I've basically gone pretty top heavy uh, in the field, I thought you, you know Young and Wayne was one of them, uh, and then I just I just saw Levy at double the price and thought I'd make basically a similar case for both, so go with him. Phoenix yeah. Open uh, is going to be the second biggest event in Arizona this week, uh, unfortunately, with the Super Bowl uh, on Sunday. So there's going to be uh, some big parties there. But Rory McIlroy and John Rahm are the joint favourites, nine to one, uh, about double the price. You've been able to back them both in recent weeks, so have fun with that. Scotty Scheffler at fourteen to one, Xander Schauffele sixteen to one, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay, and Tony Finau twenty to one. Is there any value in backing Rory or John Rahm, given their form? Actually, plays in the world by far, isn't it? Hmm. And of course, they can. You know, there are attacking risk reward holes. <coughs> Why not? They're not going to mind the raucous crowds, are they? Um, yeah, the best two players in the world. That's it. What more do you want? That's undisputed, that I don't think. Um, is there value? Make your mind up. Isn't it? I, I would take John Rahm if I was going to take one of the two, just because he's played here a lot more and played it very, very well. Uh, Rory's played well when he's played he's played 13th uh, he's finished 13th in the one time he's played here but you know Ram plays it every year and has done basically since he started his career so I'd probably give yeah. Ram just the edge um, but yeah I, I think I think I think you can definitely make you know a case for the next I better say four because uh, <laughs> certain reasons uh, but I think you you know you can make a case for the next six seven eight nine just as much as you can then ten yeah, yeah. next ten I think you can make a case for the next 10 above McElroy and Rahm. Um, so that's why you probably shouldn't back him. Cool. I like that. So it's nicely surmised there. So all three of us have got a different selection uh, in the 20 to 1 mark. So I'll get mine out of the way first. And it will come with a bit of a warning that whenever I back Colin Murakawa, it doesn't pan out the way that you think Colin Murakawa is going to go. But I was just really, I was really, really uh, impressed with how he bounced back from that loss at Tournament Champions. Obviously a brutal loss. Obviously not what you want to see when you're backing someone at 20 to one. Um, but he come back and finished third at Torrey Pines, which I don't think you really consider an event that you would expect him to win at. Long golf course, tough. Um, obviously rewards his, his driving, actually, and things like that. But you know, you generally think he's going to get away from him. 12th and third in strokes gain approach, and eighth and second in tee screen. Those two starts. You just look at the winners list uh, at this event. Scotty Scheffler, Brooks Koepka, Webb Simpson, Ricky Fowler, Gary Woodland, Hideki, Hideki, Brooks. Uh, Kevin Stadler's thrown in there, Mickelson the other over the last 10 years. So other than Ricky and Stadler, they're all major champions. Ricky's finished second in three of the four majors and third in the other one. Kevin Stadler is what Kevin Stadler is. He won it 125 to 1. So I think you have to take... A major-esque player. Uh, Colin Morikawa has got two of them already in his career. The the way he hits the ball is incredible. Uh, that's come back to the fore to start the season. He's, he seems to have got that swing back. 
playing it nicely. Uh, they, they've made all the fuss about his putting changes, helped him. Uh, it didn't in the final round of the tournament champions, but, uh, or the final, whatever holes it was. But I just think at 20 to 1, decent value, nice little jump from Scheffler and Shoffley, I think. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy to take you on. Brad's gone with Tony Fee now, which I absolutely understand. Uh, keeps playing well. Really, really weird course history at this event. So he finished 22nd on his debut, missed four cuts, finished second, missed the cut again. So I think you can probably put the missed cuts behind him uh, based on the way he's playing right now. First, seventh, 16th, ninth, his last four starts. Has all the attributes you need to win here. So I do like the 21 on Fee now as well. And I also like the 21 on Patrick Cantlay, who you're going to make the case for. I think Patrick Cantley is an absolute stone bonk place. <laughs> Go out and spend the place money today because you'll get it back, right? I think he's absolute stone bonk. I mean, I, I've basically done... I think you have to have course form here, yeah. although there's one later on that I think can potentially buck that. Um, so I know that Brooks won it uh, on debut um, and then came back again after being in the 40s, finishing 40s twice. Um so I've gone for course form, a list of people with regular course form. I want people in top 20 in the t- green in the last three starts. I want top 20 in putting in the last three starts. I want, uh, I think there's a lot of links between uh, Memorial, Shriners, uh, bits of Pebble and bits of bits of other Byron Nelsons in there as well. But they're the main ones. They all link with the likes of, you already mentioned him, Ricky Fowler. We had, none of us have actually backed this week. Oh, no. uh, I don't think, uh, which is amazing because he links with everything. You know that there's this form that repeats here. You look at Webb Simpson, Ricky, uh, Decky, Bubba, Bill. <laughs> there's loads of people that come here and just repeat the form all the time. They all link into Memorial. Um, Wells Fargo's got a bit there as well. And the Shriners has definitely got by uh, Bryson, Webb Simpson, Cantley again. And Cantley is the link. He's the main link to them all. And uh, after getting beaten a playoff on his debut last year, um, I think he's absolutely primed to do this. You know, Shriners, if you want, as you know, he's always going off favourite there, isn't he, every year? Hmm. He's got first and two seconds there. Memorial, two wins, uh, a third and a fourth. Uh, um, in Pebble, if you like, I know it's not ideal, but uh, he's got that third there, third, fourth, ninth, eleventh at Pebble. Uh, he'll have blown the rust off, um, to be honest with you, with um, the 26 at the Amex when the third round cost him. He was lying 14th at halfway. I, I can't remember what course he was playing on the third round, but, it, you know, it totally threw him out. Um, I really like the fact because I think those courses are actually um, quite valuable in comparison when he played here last year he was 13th off the tee 27th approach 10th at green 6th in putting and if we go for his average at Memorial he's 11th off the tee 18th approach 12th tee to green and at the Shriners 10th off the tee 20th in approach and 10th tee to green They're, the stats are remarkably similar to what he did here last year um, he didn't particularly do anything wrong. Got beat by a 25-foot putt. I know he had his chances to win. Um, everything. Everything about Cantley, to me, absolute stone bomb challenger this week. Um, and I think 20-1 is a cracking price. Yeah, I think when you look at the face of it, of, of what he did last year on debut is, is impressive enough. I think both him and Scheffler had chances to put it to bed earlier than they did. and you know, But both of them were ultimately lit in by Tagala, weren't they? So... Sometimes when you find yourself in a bit of a shock situation, you can react a bit funny. And, you know, Scheffler was going for his first win. Cantley was, you know, wasn't. But certainly a different atmosphere than he normally finds himself in. He normally wins fairly comfortably, I'd say, when he has one in the past. 
Um, the only thing, I, I felt like he was a little bit slow in the two events. I know you've obviously said he's blown the rust off. I just the 16th of the tournament champions and 20th. I, I thought it was going to be a really big start to the year for Cantlay, and he's already lost two of those events. So, interesting to see how he gets on. I, I, like I was almost ready to join you and, and was going to double him up with Tagi and, and things like that we mentioned earlier. And then I just looked at the kind of starts of the two players between him and Morikawa and just thought, you know, I'm going to go with Morikawa because although Morikawa's only played here once and he finished 13th as opposed to second for Cantlay, I just... But well, no, he wasn't 13th. Sorry, he was 25th. He was 16th for the, the, the 54 hole stage. I just think the the approach numbers uh, are so important for for winners here, and I think that could give Morikawa a bit of an edge um, at the same price. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I think as he's getting older, I mean, he tends to take a, a tournament to get going, hmm. gently. Um, and in the past, you know, he has certainly taken one event to get going in his year. Uh, I, I'll, yeah. I mean, opinions isn't it i just think you can elevate the 26th because what he did that uh, I, I i'm not sure where it was it must have been a stadium force i would have thought like, so that yeah you know being he's a headline act isn't he so it would have been stadium force twice um i just think that is a, such an outlier to the rest of his tournament yeah that i think potentially you can raise him to a place easily within the top 15 yeah um potentially even better than that in which case therefore if i go just for tournament champions he doesn't always do great in any way um it just turns up there, doesn't it? Not, not necessarily an event that probably really suits him, does it? It's a bit, you know, undulating. Why isn't it? It's a bit attacking. Yeah. It's not. It's not clever in any way, is it? Um, but I think if you'd have seen it, for example, saying sixteen eight, coming into an event where yeah, you might he's got be a playoff. Yeah. yeah, and I, like I say, I love the stats. I think the stats just suggest to me that he's going to repeat that type of performance again this year. Um, I, I, I love him this week. I think he's. If he'd have been 14s, I'd have been looked, to be honest. Yeah. No, and if, if you feel like that, you, you've got to take him in 20s, haven't you? So, um, Max Homer, I, I was battling with whether I thought he could come and do it again. I mean, he finished. he's finished sixth as his best finish here, uh, but he was 14th last year, where he was fifth at the halfway stage. He was 26th on debut, he's got a couple of 68s, never missed the cut in four starts. I just assume that he can't keep doing it. Um, yeah. And he's now priced in the right bracket. I mean, he's, he's now the same price as Justin Summers. He's now similar price to Finau, Cantley, Morikawa. And that's, like I said, when he did win um, at Tory Pines, this is when you have to start making a decision about him. And the decision is he's not going to keep it going. And then there's a, a pretty big jump between him and Tom Kim, who I know you're certainly interested in. That's Brad's second selection as well. Uh, do you know what? It, it's the, the it's really interesting. Completely different characters, Patrick Cantley. Hmm. you might think may not actually enjoy it because when you look down the years and you see like the, the, the James Harns and the um, uh, is it James Harn? was it yeah. John Ha? no Who's James Harn did he, he done it the, was James Harn done the game style yeah. yeah 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 so you look at him Harry Higgs who done that anyway whatever Shut yeah. Head. Yeah. yeah whatever and you, and you look at it and you think they're the type of character that, that really appreciates it but then you do look at the winners you know um, and you look at the Schefflers and, and you know Website Brooks Kepka, then you know Hideki, they're not exactly you know out face on the golf course party animals. So yeah. I was fine with Cantley, and then I thought, who was going to like this? And it's it's got to be Tom Kim. He's just going to absolutely adore this. He's loved by everybody, right? So in terms of approaching, like you know the, the stadium hole, he's not going to care one way or the other. He's going to absolutely adore it. And look at his form; it's just ridiculous. The fact he's won 
Wyndham, which obviously links in with quite a few players as well, particularly Webb, obviously. Um, and the Shriners on debut, which I think is huge. And you obviously beat Patrick Cantley because we were on. I mean, Cantley just tried to chase him down and just made the errors, didn't he? Um, that's huge. He's then come out um, this year, come fifth in the tournament of champions with a chance of winning. Forget Sony, because obviously we were on, so that's why he missed the cup, yeah, for the first time in age. And then comes out and plays, you know, the American Express, not particularly great tournament, and finishes sixth. The geezer's just got everything. I mean, he's, he's everything about him. His accuracy, <coughs> green's in reg, his putting's fine. Everything about him is just damn good. His irons are really good. I mean, last year, <coughs> um, we'll talk about Thigala soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, he was unlucky. The year before that, I won't forget it, so I was on Xander. And it was Xander, Brooks, and uh, Jordan okay. on speed. Yeah. Um, and, and they both, Spieth and Xander, pulled their shot into the water on 17. Uh, and it looked really bad. It did look botly. Um, we know, it's not particularly, we know they're high class. But it definitely did look sort of botly. And I just think Tom Kim is never going to do that. Never. If he approached 17, I mean, what was the tournament where, was it the Shriners? We had, that, we had those, the... Um, a couple of gettable holes and he just played them really really cleverly hmm. and I can't see him doing a mistake making a mistake like that and I just think he's going to thrive here you can win on debut it's helpful to have a run but this is Tom Kim and I think he's special and I've put him in in front of Sung Jae which is probably a disaster because you are Sung Jae like one of their, his biggest fans apart from Martin um, so I'm going to put him in front of him despite the fact that Sung Jae's got the course form I think Tom Kim is too special. And I think the only knock that anyone's ever had about Tom Kim, and it's not even really a knock, is that he, he hasn't got the most distance, a bit like Sung Jae-im. So sometimes he's limited, but that's not going to come into play in this course. He He's going to relish the kind of crowd. He's shown that at the President's Cup. He's shown that in, in different things in the past. So, yeah, I, I agree with all of it. I haven't gone with him just because probably a little bit like the Max Homer thing. I, I think that these are probably going to be about the lowest you're going to have to take unless Tom Kim Cozen does something in a major this year, which he absolutely could. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I had no qualms. I wouldn't have had any qualms with Song GM either, but I haven't gone there. Um, Hideki I thought was interesting based on his kind of course history and the fact that he showed up at the Farmers, but I don't trust him to put it back, you know, back to back yeah. at the moment. It, it, he's just disappointing. Every time you think he's coming back, he doesn't. So I've skipped right down to Thigala. I've, I've gone with Thigala again. Uh, this is now the second time for me this year. Back to the Amex. Didn't particularly do anything there, but wasn't horrendous. And then all he does is come back and you know place inside the top five after every round. You look on tour tips, I think it was like four fifth, four fifth or whatever. Um, basically in contention the whole week along at Tory Pines, which is a tougher test and more demand on your your accuracy than, than perhaps here. We saw that it suited him perfectly to the ground. And actually, when you look, when you think back to when he went into water on 17, it seems pretty unlucky. The way he talked about it was more like disbelief and and upset and surprise that it happened as opposed to, oh, I've bottled that and pulled it into the water. Um, so, well, you know, I, I think at 45 to 1, eight places, Sahith Gala, if he is what we think he can be, is he going to be in the in the same realm as the... Let, let's forget about maybe Brooks for a little bit, who's a, a multi-major uh, winner. Let's think about uh, Mickelson's multi-major winner. 
the Hideki's at 1-1, Simpsons 1-1, Shepard that's currently 1-1, um, you know, Fowler that's contended in many. Is he is he that kind of class of, of major contender in the future? If you think he is, this looks like the sort of tournament for him. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? That's a good one. I, I, look, he's, he's, amateur career is, suggests that he is. Yeah. You know, um, and, and what he's done, I mean, to come out and, you know, should he have won this? Yeah, he should have done. And he was unlucky. He didn't pull it. He got a really hard bounce at the front of the green yeah. and it just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. Um, and he's the type of bloke, I think, that, that, you know, shows that he's affected by these things. You know, you don't see it with somebody like Cathy, for example. Um, Jordan, you know, he's just going to be animated, whatever happens, you know. If he yeah. you know, pulls out a Snickers bar, you know, he's, he's going to know about <laughs> it, isn't he? Um, he didn't pull it. It wasn't like Zand. If you watch the two, the two 17th holes over the two years, yeah. or the 71st hole, he didn't pull it. He just... In fact, I would say he hit it too well. He hit a perfect spot and it just got... I don't know if it was a hard spot or whatever. It just got a terrible bounce and just get rolling and rolling. Um, but he, not only has he done that, he's recovered that. Yes, he should have won the Travellers as well, shouldn't he? Yeah. Um, Travellers. Was it the Travellers where he ended up in the bunker and he yeah. went really ridiculous shot? But yeah, that's too hard, experience. Yeah. That's experience. Again, after that, he's gone tied fifth at Memorial, which I love. Um, <coughs> oh, there's, 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 you know, I, I think he's... I think he's special. He said last year that he was starstruck the whole week at yeah. Phoenix. So imagine doing what he's done. So basically, he should have won the tournament, you know, with his head in the clouds all week. He's now come in here, having won the, uh, you know, the Silly Pears competition, but still with a fantastic tee green game. Yeah. Um, you saw that shot where he um, he hit, what's he called, his ball? I can't remember whose ball it was now. Um, I can't remember which one, which one it was. It was about 12 feet away. The guy hit his approach, smashed into the ball. The ball yeah. went flying off. The guy has basically stopped there. And then after all that, he held the putt. He's got star quality. Uh, he isn't as immediate as somebody like Tom Kim, obviously. Um, but I think there's no question that, that he's, in effect, he has won. He has won an individual te- individual tournament. He just hasn't got the figure by his name. Hmm. Um, the longer it goes on, the harder it will be, I think. But this is, this is perfect. It's got to be. He, feel, uh, he feels a little bit, uh, maybe not as consistent, but feels a little bit Tony Fee now. Like, should have yeah, should, yeah, yeah, should yeah. get one early. Obviously, Finn have knocked out the, the Puerto Rico or whatever, but feels a little bit, same sort of skill set, drives the ball really well, aggressive, make a bunch of birdies. And and this just, I mean, I like Ziamix because he played so well in this last year, and I like this because he played so well in it last year. Um, I don't think, like you say, he basically had the tournament in his hands, and he, he literally said, I I was basically in disbelief and, you know, shocked that it went in the water, that I then rushed the chip and rushed the putt, and that's what happened, and that is an experience. Like, any, anyone else probably was composed themselves, makes that chip, makes the, or, or, you know, makes the putt and goes to the playoff, whatever. He didn't. Um, and like you say, it's experience, and if he is what we believe he's going to be, then this looks like the type of event where, retrospectively, you're, you're looking back going, yeah, that, I can see why he won this event. Yeah, I think you get over the line and you just, you, you know, you, they all have chances, don't they? It's the, the, when you get over that line, it, it releases so much off you, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, again, going back, I mean, Tom Kim, they're the same, aren't they? They're, very, they're quite experienced on this tour. Um, he's done it. He's got over the line. It made it easier to win the second time round. Um, and I think the gala, yeah, I, I think the win in the, in the silly competition, um, 
will be huge for him. You know, when he comes into contention again, like you said, like as he showed last week when, um, oh sorry, yeah, at Tory, uh, much harder competition, but never out the first five. It may be that I think he maybe wants a more difficult thing because I think his seat degree game is excellent. Hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I thought he was sixty at one. I think early doors. I could be wrong. I'm pretty yeah. sure he was sixty. That was huge. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with everything. Um, we said that none of us went with Fowler. Brad did actually go with Fowler, so we've we've. we've oh, he did. Yeah, fair move. He did go with him sixty-six ones. We spoke about Fowler. We sort of said, um, you know, if you could back him early for this or the players, whilst everyone was getting excited about him coming back to form with the Amex and things like that, that you should do um, because he's got a win, two seconds, a fourth, and eleventh here, another thirteenth place finish as well. The only thing that put me off slightly is I still think there's potentially uh, a bit to go. I mean, I know he was 11th at the Farmers. He was 9th going into the final round and, and kind of went backwards a little bit. He was 54th at the Amex. It feels like there's going to be a lot of positive swing changes made. But I remember back to the Amex last time where he made these kind of good swing changes. And when it comes to contention, he really struggled. And I just, I still think that's potentially the case. So if I'm taking... 150 to one about Ricky Fowler, or I'm backing him in a, a small field at 40 to one or whatever, absolutely fine. If I'm being asked for him to take on the best in the world, um, I, I'm slightly hesitant, but I do understand why. Looking at his course form, and you know, you look at him, him and the Matsuyama basically are the two course horses that are not at the top of the market that you can probably make a case for, so um, absolutely fine with it. I looked at Alex Noren. He's got a couple of decent starts here. Didn't go there. I looked at Corey Connors. I thought he would have played better than here, given his uh, tees green prowess. He hasn't done as much as I thought he would. One person I'm still weighing up in my mind, and I think, again, this is one of those ones I would only really back him because I'm so frightened it's going to look really big at the end of the week. Billy Horshaw is 70-1. to 1. He's finished 11th here on debut, and he's finished 6th here last year, 9th three years before that and he was third at the halfway stage he's got some really really good like you know solid form here he's missed one cut in like 10 starts here he's you know most of them are top 25 finishes my concern is that he was really battling those swing changes at sony open he openly admitted that his game was basically a mess because he was trying to make those he just said that he was going to go back i mean was he basically finished dead last nearly at the tournament of champions he shot he had to shoot a 64 on the on the Saturday round to even get himself up into 30th and 40th. Um, and yeah, then Mr. Cut and Sony. So I think it all depends what's happened in these three weeks in Florida since he's gone back. If he's really now done those swing changes, 70 to 1 is going to look massive. I just have no idea um, whether that has been the case or not. So haven't gone with him yet. If he starts going out to like, well, I haven't even looked, but if he's like 100 to 1 on Betfair or something, I'd probably just take him win only just because I feel like it would be a bit of a miss. Uh, for someone of his quality, but um, yeah, I think I think that's probably what I would say about Billy Horshaw at the moment. I had Horshaw on the list. I just it's Horshaw, so I can't. Yeah. 140 20 is a better. That's big, isn't it? Hmm. I'm going to I'm going to bet that. I'm not going to bet 70 20 each way. I'm just going to bet 140 to one win and cover myself if he goes on and does what he can do. Because yeah. um, I don't I think I don't think there's much difference between him. You know, I think he's just as likely to just miss out on a place than he is to, to go on and win. So uh, I like Horschel. The place money and people that I was looking to kind of contend at the top, I had Tom Hoagie down for obvious reasons. Ball striking's great. I had 
Kyung Hun Lee down. He, you referenced that point where Brooks won, where Spieth and Xander went away, didn't they? And it was Kyung yeah, Hun yeah, Lee. Yeah, yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, he yeah. was brilliant scrambling. Yeah, he scrambled his way to the place there. He was class, wasn't he? He he moved up every round. So he was, he, on tour tips, he was sixth after round one, fourth after round two, third after round three, second after round four. Uh, he then came back last year and led after round one. He was eighth going into the weekend. So I actually thought it was a really good event for Kyung Hun Lee. Uh, he was seventh in the tournament of champions, 27th at Sony was okay, but he was 15th after 54 holes. Didn't do anything at the Amex. I think there's there's definitely some interest in Kyung Hun Lee at um, 80 to 1 with the eight places. Yeah, I can't argue. Yeah, I think it's a, he was terrific that day. That was, that was the day that it looked and went. Yeah, this, the only problem is he was all over the place, which is why scrambling was, was yeah. why scrambling was that good. So he was reliant on that, um, but it was difficult. It was a difficult final day that year. I remember that year. It was a very very difficult day. It was not to say Zanish and the one hit, but you know I've said that quite a few times now. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. I think eighty to one to Nick Place is, is yeah, why not? The, Certainly, the two... I'd rather be on them. Somebody like Russell Henley. It's interesting. When I looked at first glance, I thought Russell Henley was a massive price, and then when I looked into it, I was just like, no, I can see why he's the price he is. Um, but yeah, in this range, I really do like JT Poston and Chris Kirk. Uh, so JT Poston, 80 to 1 um, with the eight places uh, on Betfair. The way he's played this season, probably the last couple of seasons, I think you were quite early on him in terms of his. I guess a rise. I know we've always said he's kind of got the courses that he plays and that's it, but I think this could be one of them. 26th, 37th, 11th and 23rd uh, in four starts here, JT Poston. Um, five starts, sorry. He hasn't cracked the top 10, but you know, it, it is what it is. Like, it's, it's a great effort. He was 8th at the halfway stage in 2021. Um, he fell away to 11th. He actually shot 67, 69 over the weekend to to do that so it's not like he's he's played poorly to fall away he's just you know the people are too good for him at that point uh it's just it's me just he, look, he strikes me as someone that can play well at this he finished sixth at the amex at his last start that was a west coast desert event everything everything i like about jt poston suggests that he can play well here it's been in the mix a couple of times he's had a couple of like early good rounds here i think he he was fourth after round one on debut uh, open for 65. So JC Poston, absolutely fine. And then Chris Kirk has played some really good golf here uh, in the past. He's played this event 11 times. He missed two cuts and then withdrawn once, but he's also finished 11th, 14th, and 24th. When he was 11th, he was second after round one and fifth at the halfway stage, but fell away. When he was 34th the year before that, opened him around a 66 to sit fourth going into Friday. Um, even when he was 76th, he opened with a 65 to sit third after day one. On debut, he opened with 66, closed with a 65. So when you add that all up, eight rounds are 66 or better, according to tour tips. Back-to-back third-place finishes in 2023. Could have won both of them at the Sony Open and the American Express. Fifth and fourth in strokes gain approach. Eighth and second in tee to green. So ball striking is absolutely perfect. He's got hatfuls of good rounds here. Obviously, hasn't put four rounds together here. Hasn't even contended in any sort of way because he can't put the four rounds together. But two third-place finishes. Clearly knows how to shoot a low one round here. Just needs to figure out how to put four together. Is he going to do that in the form that he's in? 
That's a golden question, but a 90 to 1, eight places, I will take it. Uh, yeah, I'd Kirk down and then and then got rid of him. But I've got to be honest, I think your JT Poston shout is uh, is very fair. Yeah, I, I, def- I, I definitely I, I love I love I love Poston. I, I love him to bits. Um, and for some reason, I don't know why, I've overlooked him. Um, that's yeah, that's my fault. It, um, it's it's one of those ones where I think I think immediately Phoenix doesn't come to mind for him. But you look, and I couldn't count. I said four and five and different. He's made four starts and he's made four cuts. Oh. Like that's really steady in an event that you know. You can get to 16 and someone shouts in your backswing, puts you off, you make a bogey, and, and things can derail. You can go into water on 17, whatever. It's a very risk and reward type event. So to make four straight cuts here, to have those kind of um, opportunities where he's been, you know, like I said, eighth at the halfway stage and four shots back, shoot 66, 68, and finish 11th, or whatever, whatever number I said, to me, I think he's a more complete player than he's ever been on any of those starts here just seems to, I think he's elevated himself or whatever mindset, I don't know what it is, maybe thinks he belongs. Uh, yeah, 80 to 20 places. Oh, I think exactly. Like I love him watching him when he's playing. He just like, doesn't look like gives a shit, does he? No. Nah. Uh, quite a nice tweet he done at the end uh, a few days ago. He says, I want to be Max Homer when I grow up. Simple <laughs> as that. He's everyone's told I mean, I, I think, yeah, yeah I, I, I like it, mate. I'm upset at myself that I haven't looked and I may be taking it in some way because I think yeah. you're bang on I think he's a, he's a very unsexy player and that's why he's the prices he is um, yeah fine, no problems Brendan and Todd for a top 20 you've written down here um, I have based on, I mean he's been pretty solid all season but obviously comes to the fore last week yeah yeah I mean yeah, obviously that's in front of you what he did last week uh, 47th, 28th, 10th and 2nd through his four rounds. You can take that, like I said, with a pinch of salt <laughs> because some players just totally suffered on the third day and just went out in the tournament. Um, having said that, he's played here four times, um, reasonably consistent, but he was 13th going into the final day in 2022. He was 13th going into the final day in 2021. Yeah. So hopefully he can hold on to 13th place <laughs> at the end of the tournament. Um Todd, as we know, you know, he went missing for 100 years, couldn't hit a barn door, uh, came back, um, won back-to-back at Bermuda Mayakoba. Um, he's, I know he's limited, we know that, but he turns up, you know, he's seventh on the Bermuda Greens um, at Congaree, uh, ninth of the Fortinet at the beginning of the year. So when you pick out, it, you know, he turns up at courses um, every so often, Johnny, but you don't know whether he's going to finish 67th or whatever. But he likes it here. He's been 10th at the Wyndham, 8th at the Schwab. They're classic courses. Um, yeah. 3rd at the Schwab again. Um, he, he turns up. He's consistent. He's not brilliant. Um, I just thought you can, again, if you want to elevate his uh, his positions here, then you are looking at a man. A bit, you know, Poston's a miles better player, but in terms Same of... sort of profile, yeah. In terms of profile, absolutely. He's a very, very similar player. He's got a very, very strong seat agree game. Um, liked his putting. So he's 13th in the Shriners for putting, which I love the Shriners. Um, 10th at uh, Sony. Big deal, bit of wind. Um, and he led the putting stats last week, whether, however you want to take that. Um, he's also scrambling really well. So he should give himself plenty of chances. I don't think it will hold enough. 
and I don't think he's aggressive enough, and I don't think he's good enough to take advantage of the birdie and eagle holes. Hmm. But you could easily be looking at um, a progressive form that says miscut, 56, 15, 12. Um, and in that scenario, you know, we've said it a thousand times before, you know, finishing 12th and finishing 26th is literally, you know, a bad lie in the rough. It is a missed two-footer once for two rounds. Um, that's all it is. And there's enough there. You know, he's got three... If you look on tour tips and his last his last ten stars, he's got three top tens. Um, why wouldn't he do it here on, on a course that he plays well at? That was it. That was it. I thought 125 was too big. I'm looking at the top 20. I might do top 10 as well, actually. Um, because, obviously, that outright price influences the uh, the placings. Yeah. Um, I, I've got to be honest, I will watch Lucas Herbert as well. I, he, can't, he can't... don't think he'll do anything here. But he's playing really, really well. There's a time for Lucas Herbert very, very soon. So I hope he just sort of makes the cut and has another four rounds and we can be on him in a... In a you know, More suitable event. Week or yeah, in a suitable venue in a week or three. Um, but yeah, Brendan Todd, 125. What does that make him for top ten? Twelve to one, something like that. Yeah, he's um, four four to one for the top twenty. Top ten, he is. Yeah, I'd want twelves. To be honest, for a top ten. Tens. Elevens. Okay. So there, there's still oh. some more to come out. So. It's on the cusp, but I, I think 4192 for top 20 for Todd. Um, yeah, as I say, playing really well. Doesn't mind the course. Um, I'll put. I mean, take away the class of the event. Yeah, and you are talking quite a few there, to be fair. Um, you're talking probably 10 players. Um, I, I think the rest of them are, you know, are what they are, really. Um, some of them I don't think are going to turn up. Some of them are, are name value only. Um, I'm fine. Yeah, I'll happily take that. My, my tw- top 20 at exactly the same price if I was going to do one. I, I don't normally put one up, but you've inspired me a little bit. 12 starts here. Uh, Brendan Steele has made nine cuts. He's finished 3rd, 5th, 6th, 6th, 16th and 17th uh, at his golf course. He's Unfortunately, those three missed cuts have each come in the last four years. Um, but for Steele, he's finished... When he has finished, he, he withdrew one event in Houston where he's actually going quite well. 13th, 20th, 2nd and 19th, according to Tour Sips and Strokes, going approaches the last four starts. And he's been 16th, 21st, 4th and 18th tee to green in those starts as well. Um, just think he's playing good enough golf right now. I mean, he was 20th at Tory, 32nd at the Air Express, 48th at Saini, where he actually played a bit better. 18th at the CJ Cup, so he's had two of those five starts. He's, he's finished in the top 20, comes to a course he loves. Uh, I think Steele's a decent price at 4-1 for top 20. Same player. Hmm. Same player. I, I look at players like Harmon, Todd, Steele. They're the same player. I just haven't been the I same guess, I guess, I guess, I guess Steele's probably the better driver of them all in terms of dis- a bit of distance on there as well, isn't he? But yeah, in terms of, in terms of, of winning profile finish. and top 10. Yeah, and stuff. Terms, yeah, yeah, where they finish, how they play, you know, what do you expect from them? I, I, you know, it used to be Carl Stanley was in that lot as well, but he, <laughs> God. But do you know what I mean? It's that yeah, type yeah. of, it's that type of player, and and yeah, that's why. I mean, I looked at Martin Laird, who turns up in the desert constantly, as we know when he when he you know won the Shriners yet again, um, significant it may be. So I looked at him. Um, you mentioned Billy Horshaw, um, <clears throat> but after that, 
Scott Stallings, is he playing this week? Sorry. He is, yeah. He's quite a big price, actually. About 200 yeah. to 1. Yeah. Is he? Oh, I'm sure, so I'm going down to that. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, yeah, 100. 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I looked at Stallings as well. Um, but yeah, can't do them all, so you've got to do what you've got to do. Isn't you? I might start, there might be a sort of top 20 double sort of bit in the in the articles, in which case there'll be a couple of things like, things like, um, things like the players that we've already mentioned. So like the Forests and the Lombards with Todds and um, Stallings and people like that yeah. list. Um, there might be something like that going on, but um, yeah, I'll still confirm it. Yeah, makes sense. I think we'll wrap it up there. I think we've, we've gone on long enough about these two events and as much as we always try and keep it to an hour, we never do. Um, let's go into the Singapore Open and summarise our picks. So I'll go first. I'm taking all of these, actually, um, on Bet365 with the each-way extras. Um, so I make Alexander Bjorg and Adrian Otegi both 25-1, to 1. Johannes Veerman 30-1, to 1. Maximilian Kiefer 75-1, to 1. And Alexander Levy at 200 to 1. Brad's gone with Adrian Otegi, best price 28 to 1. Afid Barmer at 45 to 1, I think he is best price. Uh, best price. And then Ross Fisher at 50 to 1. Your uh, picks for Singapore. Yeah, proper bets are Adrian Otegi, Matt Jordan, and uh, Matthew Pavon. And I've, in the last half hour, decided that Lombard and Grant Forrest are going in the top 20 doubles. There you go. Like that. Um, I'm going to go over to Phoenix. Colin Morikawa for me at 20 to 1. Just think he's playing well again with his irons. Uh, Sahith Figala 45 to 1 with the 365 extra places. Uh, JT Poston 8 places. Betfair. KH Lee 80 to 1. 8 places everywhere. Kirk 90 to 1. 8 places. Uh, 365 extra. And I'm also win only. Betfair. Billy Horschel 140 to 1. Brad's gone with Tony Finau 20 to 1. Tom Kim 30 to 1. And Ricky Fowler, who is best price now. There is some 70 to 1 about it, but if you want some extra price uh, places, about 55 to 1 for Ricky Fowler. Yeah, smash into Patrick Cantley. <laughs> uh, Tom Kim, Sahithi Gala, and going along with the other two on the other side will be Brendan Todd, Martin Laird, and you've convinced me that I'm wrong. JT Poston, that'd be six top 20 cross doubles. That's good. Just as we're talking, Billy Horsch, someone's obviously listening live because Billy Horshaw's now gone out to 150 to one on Betfair. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> there, yeah. there you go. Just just keep going. Either that or he's actually told everyone that his swing changes haven't worked, in which case I don't want to bet him. But um, keep an eye out, I would say, for, for anything that he comes out with. Uh, I know he's signed up for that ridiculous TGR thing or whatever it is this week. Um, but, um, yeah, I think he's oh, a, a better player than that. Sorry. <laughs> we we probably haven't got time to go into that one, have we? Um, we'll be here all night, won't we? But it's just It's just brilliant. It's just anyway. It's just well, you know, the the slate in there was of X Tour and the influence it's had on the main tours is quite incredible. Hmm. Yeah, but we'll leave it there. That's it is disruptive, isn't it? At the end of the day, um, I think that's it. It's nice to have you back on, Jason, after a week away. Um, yeah, you say that. I, I definitely mean it. Uh, it was nice to have you back on, and uh, I look forward to these events. Phoenix Open will obviously be probably the more exciting viewing event, but Singapore should come with plenty of intrigue as well. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Mm-hmm.